Hi, welcome to Hungary in Nashville. May I take your order? Two sweet teas, please. Got it. Coming right up. It's probably just because I'm getting older, but some of the restaurants I go to are so loud that there's no way to talk with someone without shouting. Now I like the noise level in this diner. It's the kind of noise you'd expect, and we could easily talk with one another. But there are those other places that sound like a roller coaster loaded with 12-year-olds. So I got on the phone with Dr. Robert Suito, who's been doing research on restaurant noise, and the issue is far more complex than I thought. This is Jim Grinstead, and I'm hungry in Nashville. Let's eat. Dr. Suito is retired now, but previously he was the chief of audiology of the University of California San Francisco's medical center. He's a doctor of otolaryngology, which he said is just a fancy word for ear, nose, and throat. Patients would come into his office saying they did well in one-to-one conversations, but when they went inside a restaurant, they couldn't hear anything. So he got to thinking. The San Francisco Chronicle rates restaurants on food, atmosphere, and service, but they don't talk about noise. They had restaurant reviews, and in the restaurant reviews, they would break it down in different categories. So you'd have, um, and they had like a little man who was cheering or jumping out of his seat, and they used this for movies as well. But for the restaurants, they would have the little man uh, jumping out of his seat if he thought that the food was great, or uh, they would, so they would categorize it in terms of how good is the food, and they would categorize it in how good is the ambiance, the um, visual ambiance, and they would categorize it in terms of how good was the service. But the one area that they didn't categorize was how noisy was the restaurant. And so I took one of my, uh, one of our audiologists who uh, worked um, in my d- division, And we decided that we were going to go around and do some noise measurements in different restaurants, in restaurants that had bars and restaurants that didn't have bars. And just to get some kind of an idea about the range of noise that took place in these in these restaurants. And and we decided that we would always do it right around uh, five o'clock, between five o'clock and seven o'clock in the evening. So we would be hitting it during rush hour or during happy hour or something like that. So it was a lot of fun study to do because my colleague and I went out to all these restaurants. We always ate while we were in the restaurants, but we sat there with, in those days, this, this study was done in 2000. And so in those days, we used a big device, a device that was probably, oh, a foot long, and it was a sound level meter, what we call a noise dosimeter, which could average out the sound level over a period of time, which you really have to do in a restaurant because otherwise, you know, you just get at any given moment, the sound is going to vary tremendously if somebody at your table is laughing or pounding the table or clanking their silverware or something like that. So we went out and we did these uh, over, over a week um, where we took our, got left work a little bit early every day and went out and sat down and had some uh, buffalo wings and uh, nachos and uh, vodka tonic and, uh, and our sound measurements. And what we found was really interesting. What we found was that the noise level, if you averaged it out over an eight-hour period, the noise exposure for workers could actually be hazardous to their hearing. So we talked about this study and it, it got published in some local papers and things like that. And then the next thing I knew is I get a call from the Chronicle 
from the food editor. And the food editor says, how would you like to work on something where we would publish the noise levels, or not, not the exact noise levels, but make a table that would translate the exact noise levels to how much annoyance is it? The Washington Post restaurant reviewer said noise is the biggest complaint he hears from diners of all ages and genders. The Post said the Zagat survey put noise in second place among the things that most irritate customers. Around the country, reviewers picked up on the idea and began installing apps on their smartphones that measure noise. When we go into a restaurant, we'll stay there for an hour or two, but the staff is there all night, every night. The situation is much different for them. The World Health Organization says that noise can be a serious health problem, and Dr. Sweeto agrees. The problems run in three areas. One, obviously, if you're exposed to high noise levels for a long enough period of time, you may develop a hearing loss, particularly in the high frequencies. And in the high, and when you get these hearing losses in the high frequencies, you oftentimes don't notice it because the low frequencies carry the loudness of speech. The high frequencies carry the intelligibility of or the clarity in speech. So that's why, you know, as we get older, we tend to lose our high frequencies first. So we say to people, oh, I could hear you, but I just don't understand what you're saying because the F and the S and the T and the CH, they sound alike because they're similar high frequency sounds. So again, so hearing loss is a common problem from high noise levels. Tinnitus or ringing in the ear is a very common problem and a very annoying problem for people who are exposed to high noise levels. And then the one you don't think about much is the physical problems where it where high noise levels are associated with stress and even with higher blood pressure and things like that. So, you know, we don't think about that. We think in terms of hearing loss and, you know, and I think in terms of ringing in the ears or tinnitus, which is amazingly annoying to many, many people, millions of people. Order up. It turns out that noise has a physical element to it. Think of that car next to you that has the sound and the bass turned up so loud you can feel it. But noise is also a psychological thing. Loudness is a psychological concept. The physical intensity, in other words, how hard a sound is in, or the sound waves are impinging on a microphone, that's an actual physical concept. And this was a study, actually, it was done a long time ago, where they looked at people who love classical music, and then they looked at people who love hard rock music, Metallica, Metallic-type music. And what they found is that if you played both of those musical passages at the exact same physical intensity level, the people who, and and at a high intensity level, by the way, the people who were classical music fans found the rock music to be much louder than the classical music. And the people who liked rock music found the classical music to be louder than the rock music. Loudness is psychological. If you like the sound that's being made, you are not going to be as annoyed by it as, you know, in another situation. So another point that is like on the I Hear You app, which just came around a few years ago from one of my colleagues at the University of Washington, is in addition to actually measuring the sound level and then clicking, you know, 
you know, using a GPS, what restaurant you're at. So it, it gets recorded. In addition to doing that, it also allowed you to click on a subjective scale. So you could click on a scale that showed um, just how annoying you found the, that loudness to be. And what, of course, you would see is that if something was 80 decibels in certain restaurants, well, that might not be so annoying to people. You know, I, I also, and I don't have data to support this, but I would also guess that there's a big difference based on your age. You know, younger people like more loudness. And older people might, you know, they're having trouble hearing many of them anyway. And so they want to be in a, in a kind of a quieter, more sedate environment. And then there's this thing called the Lombard effect. We monitor how loud we speak based on what we're hearing. So if you're in a noisy environment, you're going to raise the level of your voice more. And if it's a quiet environment, then you can keep your voice at a comfortable level. What it does is it then, and this, by the way, is not just relevant for restaurants. This is anywhere. If you're walking on a street, you tend to speak louder if there's a jackhammer going. But it's one of the reasons why, why some hearing impaired people speak extra loud, because this is what, you know, allows them to hear themselves. So the cocktail party effect or the Lombard effect, that's what that refers to, that simply you're going to change your loudness level depending on, you know, the loudness level of, of the room. So we've gotten pretty good at understanding what's going on, but how did we get here? Well, back in the day, restaurants were designed for comfort. Nice chairs, lots of space, and things that absorb sound like tablecloths, carpet, and fabric on the walls. Then came the post-World War II era when, according to Atlantic Magazine, architects and designers went all modern with stainless steel and other hard surfaces. When the 70s arrived, restaurants became more casual. Wood floors were common, as were hard tables. Open kitchens added to the noise level, and the design of restaurants called for more open space. Think of a warehouse with brick walls. Restaurateurs say they like louder space because diners eat more quickly and they can turn the tables faster. Well, maybe and maybe not. Back in 1985, a study by Fairfield University and published in the Bulletin of Psychonomic Society tested music in restaurants and whether faster music caused diners to eat faster and whether slow music encouraged guests to linger. So they developed a beats-per-bite methodology – Turns out that music does impact how quickly we eat. Faster music results in more swallowing. Unfortunately, the researchers didn't determine whether speed eating shortened the length of a meal. Order up. So if you like it noisy or quiet, Dr. Sweeto has some advice. The other thing is I would tell somebody who does not want to be around a lot of noise to say something like, um, some of the people in my party have hearing problems. We would like a table as far away from the kitchen and the bar as possible. One of the things that I thought was also really interesting is they said that restaurants in America tend to be noisier than restaurants in some of the other countries because Americans have a whole different perspective on how how physically close they like to sit with each other. A lot of Americans, at least according to this one article, tend to be louder than some of the uh, Europeans. And I don't know if that's true. I've been at the, uh, you know, the, like the Hofbrau house in Germany, and that's noisy as can be, but it's meant to be noisy because it's a, you know, a beer place. 
Dr. Sweeto said a comfortable noise level is around 50 to 65 decibels. Restaurants average around 78 decibels. So if he were to build his own restaurant, how would he do it? Two main dining areas. One that is a quiet area where the bar and the kitchen, they would be in the noisy area. In the other area of the room, I would have plush carpeting. I would have drapery. I would have soft seats. I would have tablecloths, things like that, that would make it a much less reverberant, noisy room. It would also, I would make a determination based on who the audience is that I'm looking for. You know, if I'm opening a bar, most people would open a bar where there's higher ceilings, where it's um, more more hard surfaces, and it sounds like it's there. People are having more fun in it. If, on the other hand, I was opening, let's say, a you know a, a high-end French restaurant, I'd probably want to keep it very well controlled in terms of sound. As I said before, noise is subjective. If you're planning to visit a beer hall in Germany, you should expect a lot of noise. But what about the places you haven't tried, or when you're out of town and don't know anything about the dining scene? I used to tell my patients, and of course, these are patients that, you know, typically had some hearing loss, but I would tell them, pick up the phone and call a restaurant that you're thinking of going to. If you're thinking of going on a Friday, the Friday before, call them up at 6.30, right in the middle of their most popular time. And listen, you know, to the, as the, as the person at the front desk answers, you're going to hear how noisy that restaurant is. And that's a, you know, a, a simple way of determining, boy, is this restaurant going to be impossible for me to hear it? Anything else? Okay, come back soon. Hungry in Nashville is brought to you by Out of My Pocket Productions and is copyrighted 2020 by me, Jim Grinstead. You can listen to Hungry in Nashville on our website, hungryinnashville.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can like us on Facebook or enter your email address on the website so you'll be notified when new episodes are posted. But the best thing you can do to support the podcast is to tell your friends about it and encourage them to subscribe. And if you have an idea for something you'd like to hear, don't be shy. Send it to idea at hungryinnashville.com. Thanks for listening, and may you eat well. Thank you.